Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey.com present Locked On Today. Sports have paused in Minnesota amid yet another tragedy. Did the Capitals shift the entire NHL at the trade deadline? Plus, the NFL draft will really start with the fifth pick and the Bengals. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the stories you need to know and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. The Minnesota Timberwolves, along with the Minnesota Twins, canceled their games on Monday in the wake of the shooting of Dante Wright by police in Brooklyn Center outside Minneapolis. Joining me now from Locked On Timberwolves, Ben Beacon. And Ben, this is a story that goes so far beyond sports. And we saw in the bubble when multiple teams and, and prominent players took a pretty hard stand against playing games in the wake of police violence. So what do you expect to be the reaction? Is there going to be a further reaction from the Minnesota Timberwolves? Um, because they are now at the epicenter of two of these enormous touchstone moments in the last year. I would imagine so. I mean, the organization's been consistent going back to the to the George Floyd tragedy back at the end of May. Being involved in the community, I mean, the in the aftermath of that, Carl Anthony Towns, uh, shortly after the the tragic passing of his mother, just a few weeks prior, was you know came into town to to be part of a, a Black Lives Matter you know rally in Minneapolis. Josh Kogi was at that rally as well. They've had play- D'Angelo Russell took part in a, a march in Louisville uh, around that same time. So the Timberwolves have plenty of players who are obviously passionate about police brutality, about social injustice and. Um, I, I would imagine that the organization, as proactive as they've been and as progressive as they've been in the community, I think that there will be a coordinated response you know, beyond the postponement of the game on Monday where the team does something wherever the players lead them is my guess. Um, and, and and frankly, it is it is a guess at this point. But the Timberwolves have a number of players led by Towns and Akogi and, and Russell who this issue is obviously close to their heart. And as you said, I mean, two instances tragically in the last 11 months in within 10 miles of each other, right in the in the Twin Cities, I would definitely expect there to be both a coordinated effort from the organization to do something in the community to make a statement, certainly, you know, pregame whenever they play next. Uh, but I think it'll go beyond that. I think that the players will really be, uh, you know, show their continued investment in the community as well. When LeBron James was announced as part of the ownership group with the Boston Red Sox, I had Ross Jackson on and we talked about players coming into ownership roles and changing the landscape of things like social justice. This comes just days after we heard that that Alex Rodriguez is part of an ownership team coming in to buy both of the professional basketball teams in Minneapolis. One of my first thoughts when I saw that the game was going to be canceled is, is Alex Rodriguez going to make some sort of statement? So how do you think his involvement, both now and in the future, could affect how the, the Timberwolves react to these moments and, and rise to these moments? Yeah, I think that's a fascinating question. I, I mean, Rodriguez and, and uh, Mark Laurie, the uh, other primary, I guess, name involved in the, in the pending transaction, were both in town on Monday and had planned to be at the game against the Brooklyn Nets Monday night. And uh, the reports are that he, that uh, those two, Alex Rodriguez and Mark Laurie, still met with players and coaches and staff throughout the day, even though there was no game Monday night. Um, no indication as to what happens next in terms of if they'll you know stay in town or not. But 
you know, as you mentioned, a former player um, and Alex Rodriguez, somebody who a lot of the, Carl Anthony Towns has spoken publicly about how he is a big fan of Rodriguez. They both have uh, uh, backgrounds in the Dominican Republic. And, um, you know, I think that there could be a, a, a strong bond there that that could maybe even accelerate this. It wouldn't surprise me if there was some sort of unity between, you know, statement of unity between A-Rod and the, and the pending ownership group that it will be incoming. Um, and the organization itself, especially if they met with players throughout the day. And it's front of mind, obviously, for everybody and rightfully so. Locked On Today is brought to you in partnership with Odyssey. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y, your new home for music, news, sports, and podcasts. Download the Odyssey app today. Coming up, did the Capitals shift the balance of power in the NHL at the trade deadline? That's next. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Buying car parts can be a major hassle, especially right now when you don't want to go into the store. And even if you do go into the store, you have to deal with someone behind the counter who is going to have to go look up the parts in their warehouse on their computer. You have a computer, you have a smartphone, you have the internet. You can go to rockauto.com and do it yourself. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. They've got a unique and remarkably easy to navigate catalog. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. And best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same part? Go to rockauto.com now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. Steph Curry passed Wilt Chamberlain for the most points in Warriors franchise history Monday night in Golden State's 116-107 win over the Denver Nuggets. Curry scored 21 in the first quarter, giving him 17,786 in his career. That passes Chamberlain's 17,783 with the franchise, a record he'd held since 1964. Curry went on to finish the game with 53 points. And for Denver, the game was much worse than the final score with 50 seconds left in the game. Jamal Murray needed to be helped off the court and was seen writhing in pain after suffering an apparent knee injury. Joel Embiid scored 36 for the 76ers in a 113-95 win over the Mavericks on Monday night. Philadelphia took a half-game lead atop the Eastern Conference over the Nets, whose game in Minnesota was called off because of the shooting death of Dante Wright by police in the Minneapolis area. Luka Doncic scored 32 points, but the young Dallas star didn't have enough help with European sidekick Kristaps Porzingis sitting out the second night of a back-to-back four days after playing in one for the first time in two months. The New England Patriots said goodbye to a beloved player on Monday. It's the end of an era in Foxborough, Massachusetts, as New England Patriots wide receiver Julian Edelman announces his retirement. I'm Mike DeBate, host of the Locked On Patriots podcast. And on Monday evening, shortly after reports initially surfaced that the New England Patriots had indeed released the veteran wideout, of course, having done so using the failed physical designation, Edelman took to social media to officially announce that he was indeed retiring from the NFL after 11 successful seasons, all with the Patriots. And with Julian's retirement, now will begin the argument of whether or not he's a pro football Hall of Famer. If I'm being honest, it's tough to make that case based 
based on his regular season numbers. He has 620 regular season catches, 6,822 yards, and 36 touchdowns. But Julian Edelman's star shined its brightest in the postseason. Edelman finished his career with 118 postseason receptions for 1,442 yards and five touchdowns. He ranked second on the league's all-time list behind Hall of Famer Jerry Rice with 151 receptions and 2,245 yards. Edelman's a three-time Super Bowl champion and a Super Bowl 53 MVP. Whether that's enough to get him into the Pro Football Hall of Fame is likely a question to be answered at a later date. But despite his prowess on the football field, to me, Julian Edelman's legacy will likely be indelibly defined by his tenacity, his perseverance, and his leadership. A federal judge approved a partial deal between the players on the United States Women's National Team and the U.S. Soccer Federation over unequal working conditions, including the use of charter flights for travel and venue selection. The settlement paves the way for the players to appeal their equal pay claims. Player spokesman Molly Levinson said in a statement, finally, giving these athletes access to facilities, training, care, and professional support is the next step needed in the long and hard work to grow the game of women's football. Here's what to look for on betonline.ag. The Boston Celtics are on a three-game win streak, but still trying to figure out who they are. They face Dame Time and the Portland Trailblazers on Tuesday night. The bet online line for this game is Portland minus one. The Pittsburgh Pirates already have a run differential of minus 19. After just 10 games and a 3-7 and seven record, they face the San Diego Padres on Tuesday. The Padres have a run differential of plus 20 with an 8-3 and three record. The betonline.ag line for this game is San Diego as one-and-a-half-point favorites. To check out the full list, head to betonline.ag where you can also get all kinds of fun stuff like prop bets on just about anything you can imagine. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus. Here is another story you need to know. The NHL trade deadline may not have the same sort of buzz that the NBA trade deadline gets, but... We got a monster deal this week. Joining me now from the cross-check, Andrew Berkshire. And and Andrew, it is not hyperbole to say that the Capitals may have very well shifted the foundation of the league here with, with this move. It was a big move and one that I don't think many people saw coming. Um, I think that Jacob Vrana has kind of been on the outs in Washington this season, Uh Peter Laviolette didn't seem to like him that much, but he's a player who has had some serious success there. And even this year on like a per minute basis, he's been really strong, but uh, they packaged him and Richard Ponick, who's a decent veteran with a first round pick for this year and a second round pick for next year and acquired Anthony Mantha from the Detroit Red Wings, who is also kind of somewhat fallen out of favor in Detroit, obviously, because they're making this move. But, you know, young player, uh, 26 years old in his prime, fantastic goal scorer uh, hasn't really put the puck in the net at the rate that he usually does this year, but this is an interesting move from the, from the uh, Washington capitals. I, I think this signals that they believe they have a chance to really go all in this year and get a second cup in the Ovechkin era. And that's exciting because when the capitals go all in, it's a more exciting league. Uh, the happier Ovechkin is the happier. I think the whole <laughs> league is, 
But this is this was out of left field. I think everyone expected this to be a really boring deadline. And for the most part, it was. We didn't get a lot of big names moving, but this was a big shakeup at the very end. Yeah, and the Red Wings have not been, um, you know, the, the kind of team that that year in and year out we, you know, we we sort of expect them to be. Um, looks like they're gonna they're gonna miss the postseason. But for the Caps, I mean, if you're looking for someone that can light the lamp, I mean, they got someone to do that. How do you think this changes how you view the Caps as a postseason team? Well, I think the main thing that I view it as is I don't know if Mantha is like a gigantic upgrade over Vrana, but if Vrana wasn't going to get playing time in Washington and Mantha is, then it's a big deal, right? Because both of them are top line level uh, goal scorers, not a star player, but a guy who you can put on your top line who will complement star players, who will feed off star players. And if need be, can like basically run a second line, right? Run the offense through them on a second line. So this gives them something that they should have had with Vrana, but for whatever reason didn't. Uh, it solidifies their their scoring a little bit. It gives them more options, right? And for a long time, uh, Washington's just been such an offensive powerhouse, and they are to an extent now, but you know, Ovechkin's not 100% of what he used to be. Uh, he's still one of the best goal scorers in the game, but he's not a uh, carry-the-team-on-his-back kind of guy necessarily. Uh, he can be in short spurts, but it takes a lot to score at the rate that he does at his age. Uh, I think it takes away from his defensive game. Sometimes he has to make sacrifices elsewhere in order to get more opportunities to score. And Mantha adds, you know, a little bit of speed down the wing. He can play with uh, Kuznetsov or Backstrom. It's an interesting situation that they're in now. I just think it just makes them a little bit more versatile, you know, a, a serious sniper to add to their deadly power play. There's lots of different areas that he can help. Coming up, the NFL Draft starts at 5 this year. So who will the Bengals take? The Q of the Day is next. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. And they just keep adding flavors. I get a box once a month from them with with new flavors marshmallow churro is this new flavor that's on its way unbelievable birthday cake i can't say enough about how delicious they are i was traveling over the weekend some long car rides and read for a built bar and you satisfy that little sweetness craving and you don't feel guilty about it it's not eating gummy bears or you know whatever else it is stuff that is low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber to give you good energy, lasting energy because of what they put in it. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Agree or disagree? This is the Q of the Day. If Adam Schefter is right and the NFL draft is going to go quarterback, 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 then the draft starts at five with the Cincinnati Bengals. Do they take the offensive tackle to solidify the line? Do they take the playmaker for Joe Burrow or do they ransom it for another team hoping to get the fifth quarterback in the first round? Joining me now from Locked on Bengals, Jake Lisko. And Jake, when you look at the options Cincinnati has, the good news is they're appealing what is the best path for them? That is a topic of debate, Peter. It could go in a number of directions that I think would divide fans, and fans are divided. 
between Team Chase and Team Sewell, as most Bengals <laughs> fans do not expect Kyle Pitts to be in the cards for the team. One guy in particular, Malik Wright, who is very correct about everything that the Bengals did in free agency, has gone so far as to say he will buy people tickets and a jersey if the Bengals draft Kyle Pitts. He's very confident that that will not be the case. As for what they should do, there are great arguments on both sides of this conversation. Obviously, Joe Burrow has a great connection with the best wide receiver in the draft and Jamar Chase. On the other hand, it's harder to find good tackles most years than it is to find good receivers. I find that argument to be one of the most persuasive arguments in favor of Penny Sewell at number five, because Jamar Chase, I think, is a very rare prospect. And there seems to be some division among experts as to who the best tackle in the class even is. That being said, I do think that it's a lot harder. I, I fully buy that it's harder to find a tackle that moves away Sewell does at his size and at his age. And I think that it's really hard for them to screw it up. There are uh, some people who will, who will frame it this way. I would rather have Jamar Chase and Liam Eichenberg, for example, the tackle from Notre Dame, than Panay Sewell and, you know, who even is receiver four? I mean, I, I think there's there's going to be a lot of differing opinions on who that guy even is. Can you get Rashad Bateman? Is it someone like Diami Brown? Are you going to go with Rondale Moore? Are any of those arguments persuasive to you? I think that the one that I find to be the most persuasive is that the offensive line prospects in the second round are a lot stronger to me than the wide receiver prospects at the top of the second round. Unless a guy, like you said, I, I don't think Rashad Bateman is falling into the second round. Terrace Marshall, I think he tested too well. And I think he gets picked at the end of the first round at this point. There are other really good receivers that will be available when the Bengals pick at 38, but I don't think they're interested in a guy that's going to have to line up in the slot. Elijah Moore would be a name that would be very interesting to the Bengals, for example, if they didn't already have Tyler Boyd on the team. From a value perspective, the Bengals could do better going to interior offensive line or tackle or a guy like Alex Leatherwood, who's done a little bit of both and certainly has the tools and the length to play both positions at 38 if those guys are available there. So the guy that would fit the Bengals best at receiver outside of the first round, assuming Marshall and Bateman are gone, is probably a guy like Diami Brown. But I think 38 would be rich for that sort of wide receiver profile. And finally, if you need a pick-me-up, join the party at Locked on Padres. Oh, Will Myers is going to fall off? Last year was a fluke. Yeah, I haven't heard that one before. You Darvish is going to randomly regress? Uh, okay, okay. The Padres pitching is incredibly overrated. <laughs> Okay, no. Sorry about that, guys. Just was finished talking to some weirdo, some whack job Dodgers fan. Someone, rhyme, his name rhymed with Ref Niter, I believe. I don't know. It started breaking up in the middle of that. Sorry about that. But uh, Javier Reyes here of Locked On Padres. Great game for the Padres today, starting off their series against Pittsburgh with a 6-2 win. Darvish looks good going seven innings, striking out six, only line run run. Uh, looked really good. Always a privilege watching him pitch and his massive repertoire that he has. And Will Mai, the baseball guy, going three for five in this game with five RBIs, including a two-run home run. He was the hero of tonight's game. And also, Padres pitching 1.78 ERA as a team. It's the lowest in all of baseball. Not too shabby, guys. 
Not too shabby at all. It is always petty season on the Locked On Podcast Network. I love it. Now that you've got the news, go make some money. Listen to Locked On Bets. Download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Coming up on Wednesday, we'll have the latest on the Jamal Murray injury. So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on today.